Welcome to Storehouse Dallas. Amen. Well, good morning again, everybody. Good morning again, everybody. There we are. Good morning, everyone joining us online or those that are watching it after the fact. So thank you for joining us today. Well, we're doing part two of a series I started last week called The New Normal. This week is called Prospering Through God's Wisdom. So last week we talked about surviving the storm. Storms of life happen. We've experienced a very real storm, not only in America, but across the earth. This week we're going to talk about not only how to survive, but how to thrive and prosper through the storm. Did you know that when trouble hits the earth, God's people can not, only ha- they can not only be able to survive, but they can prosper as a result of that trouble? Did you know that when the economy crashes, when a natural disaster hits, when plague strikes, and when fear grips the world, that God's people can actually be in a place of prospering? Because God works all things, say all things. He works all things together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? Romans 8, 28. You see, but we need something really important in order to prosper, not only when things are good and okay, but also when the storm hits. There's one thing that we need that will weather that storm and cause us to prosper. You know what that is? God's wisdom. God's wisdom. God's wisdom. Last week, we talked about God's ways, not my ways. God's ways, not the world's ways. And God's wisdom, not the world's wisdom, will cause the people of God to prosper as a, in a storm. See, because man's wisdom, it may cause prosperity before a storm hits. When life is good, when the stock market is good, when there's food on the shelves, and the government can safely loan one7 trillion dollars to college students. That's how much they've loaned, by the way. Man's wisdom might work for that season, but when the trouble hits, when the storm hits, and the things that we have been building with our own wisdom or with the wisdom of the world, those start to crumble and fall. But God's wisdom causes us not only to build and survive through the storm, but to prosper as a result of it. God's wisdom causes us to prosper. God, give me your wisdom. Amen? So, let's talk a bit about the wisdom of God. Let's turn to James chapter 3. And then we're going to be in Proverbs, verse 24. Or, sorry, chapter 24. And then Proverbs chapter 8. So James 3, Proverbs 24, and Proverbs chapter 8. If we can go ahead and get James 3 on the screen. See, because God's wisdom is different than the world's wisdom. God's wisdom produces the fruits of righteousness and peace, and the world's wisdom produces evil and chaos. James chapter 3, verse 13. Who among you is wise and understanding? Let him show by his good behavior his deeds, his good his deeds and the gentleness of wisdom. Verse 14. But if you have bitter jealousy and selfish ambition in your heart, do not be arrogant and so lie against the truth. The wisdom 
is not that which comes from above. This wisdom, this worldly wisdom, is not that which comes from above, but is earthly, natural, and demonic. That's the world's wisdom, earthly, natural, demonic. But let's listen to what God's wisdom is like, verse 17. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, reasonable, full of mercy and good fruits, unwavering without hypocrisy. Okay? So God's wisdom, once again, it produces the fruits of righteousness and peace. The world's wisdom is going to produce evil and chaos. We want to lock into God's wisdom. Amen? Let's put Proverbs 24 up on the screen. God's wisdom enables us to prosper in building our lives. Proverbs 24, 3. By wisdom, a house is built, and by understanding, it is established. Proverbs 8, verse 15 to 21. Not only can we build with God's wisdom, but it will teach us how to prosper, how to build wealth, and how to reign with God on the earth. Proverbs 8, verse 15 to 21. By me, kings reign. This is wisdom talking here. Proverbs chapter 8. It is the chapter where wisdom is speaking to those who will listen. By me, kings reign and rulers decree justice. Verse 16. By me, princes rule and nobles, all who judge rightly. I love those who love me and those who diligently seek me will find me. Riches and honor, say riches and honor, are with me, enduring wealth and righteousness. Verse 19, my fruit is better than gold, even pure gold, and my, and my yield is better than the choicest silver. Do you know that investing in getting wisdom is better than investing in gold and silver in the earth? There's lots of things we can invest in. But the best investment you can do is to invest in getting wisdom. Let's look at verse 20. I walk in the way of righteousness in the midst of the paths of justice to endow those who love me with wealth that I may fill their treasuries. You see, mankind was created to reign with God. We were not created to cower when the enemy intimidates us. We were not created to draw back in fear when trouble hits the earth. We were created when the trouble comes and the shaking comes to stand and say, God, what are you saying? What is your wisdom right now? How can I prosper? How can I build wealth? And how can I reign in the earth? Because it's what you've created me to do. God's wisdom is the only thing that produces those three things, building, wealth, and prosperity. So. How do we reign with God? How do we prosper? Through wisdom. God's wisdom causes us to prosper. God, give me wisdom. Say, God, give me wisdom. Who wants wisdom from God today? Once again, God, give me wisdom. Amen. I like to engage people here, okay? Because it's not enough for you just to hear a word. It's to say, God, you're giving, you're making something available to me. I'm going to grab it by faith. Amen. Okay, let's talk about a couple of biblical examples about how people prospered through the wisdom of God. You can turn with me to Psalm 105. I'm gonna, we're not going to go immediately there, but if you want to have that ready. And then Genesis 41, 
will be our main verses. There's lots of examples we can talk about, but we're going to talk about two today. First, we're going to talk about Israel when they came out of Egypt. Many of us are familiar with the story. In order for God to free the people of Israel from bondage in Egypt, he sent 10 plagues. God sent 10 storms, 10 shakings to deliver his people Israel out of slavery, out of bondage in Egypt. That's what it took. That's the intensity and the severity that it took for Satan to let go of his grip on God's people. Israel had been trained for over 400 years in the world system, in the system of Egypt, in the system of slavery and bondage, in the system of striving and that I'm working and not getting the return of my labor. And I'm living in bondage and oppression and crying out to God. Ten storms, ten shakings to lose Satan's grip off of God's people. Sometimes God has to shake this earth to get God's people out of the ways of the world. This shaking was intense, and there will be a similar shaking before the return of the Lord. He will shake heaven. He will shake earth. All of the kingdoms of the earth will feel this shaking before Jesus returns. And in the days of Egypt, God did not rapture Israel out of the trouble. They were right there in the thick of it. And in the coming shaking before the Lord's return, God's people will be here on the earth. And God is going to teach us how to not only survive, but to, thro- to, but to prosper as a result of this shaking. It's not time to cower, folks. It's time to get God's wisdom and say, God, how do we stand firm in the day of evil that is coming? Amen? So God left his people there in the midst of the ten plagues, in the midst of those ten shakings. But you know what else he did? He protected them, and he prospered them as a result. Psalm 105, verse 37 to 38. He brought them out with silver and gold, and among his tribes there was not one who stumbled. Verse 38. Egypt was glad when they departed, for the dread of them had fallen upon them. So Israel is not only protected during the storm, but because of the storm, they came out it says in the New Living, New Living Translation, loaded with silver and gold. They came out prospering because of the storm. So it was not only God blessing them in spite of the storm. It was not only God protecting them in the midst of the storm, but it was God sovereignly using the storm to work together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. God can take this storm that we're facing right now. God can take the storms that are coming, and I tell you there's more that's coming, friends. But he can work it together for good to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? But we got to tap into his wisdom. We've got to get out of the ways of the worldly thinking, and we've got to say, God, not my ways, your ways. God, give me wisdom. Let's talk about Joseph. Genesis 41. 
Joseph was the 11th son of Israel. 12 kids, 12 sons. He was Papa's favorite. How many of you have a sibling who's the favorite? (laughs) Don't you just really love it when it's your brother or sister that's the favorite? My sister wrestles with that um, in our family because she knows I'm the favorite. (laughs) Father's favorite, powerful prophetic destiny, a dreamer. He goes up to dad and brothers. Hey, guys, I had this dream that I was in charge of all of you. Isn't that awesome? Man, you just love him even more. Um, so, So he's got this powerful prophetic destiny, but where does he end up? beaten by his own brothers, betrayed by his own brothers, and sold off into slavery in Egypt. I mean, this is his own family. That's a bad day. That's a really bad day. Some of it, anyone have a bad day in here? That's a really bad day. So a storm hit Joseph hard, but God prospered him. God protected and preserved his life. He still felt the pain. How many of you, when a storm hits you, you feel the pain? How many of you have felt pain through this recent storm? We feel pain, but that doesn't mean that God's not with us and that God's not going to prosper us through it. God pulled him out of that pit, and even though he was sold into slavery in Potiphar's house, Potiphar saw that the favor of God was upon Joseph. You are God's people. You are his blessed and his beloved people. And if you will recognize that, I mean, I wake up in the morning and say, God, I thank you that I'm your beloved son, that your favor is upon me today. And when we tap into the favor of God, the world starts to see it. And his own slave owner started to see that the favor of God was prospering him and that whatever he put his hand to prospered. And so so Potiphar put him in charge of his entire household. But how many, of you, how many of you remember that another storm hit Joseph? Don't you like when that happens, that you come out of the storm, things are starting to go well, and you're like, God is good again. You know, He was good before, but he's really good now, and I'm feeling it now. And bam, another storm hits. You're like, God, what's going on? Aren't I your favored one? Aren't you gonna, didn't your words say you're going to prosper me? And he's back in the dungeon. He's back in the pit. But God used that second storm to promote him and prosper him even more. We're not going to go through the, I'm just going to tell you what it says, and we're going to go to Genesis 41 in just a few moments. But he's in the prison, if you remember the story. A baker and a cupbearer come up to him. Both had been accused of trying to kill the Pharaoh. That's bad. It's not good to try to kill somebody. Um, But anyway, especially the leader. Um, So they get thrown into prison. They both have dreams, and Joseph interprets a dream. You know, what's interesting here, at this point in the story, we don't see Joseph interpreting dreams at any point before this. He has a dream, but this is the first time he interpreted a dream. So in this new storm, in this new pit, in this new trouble, God gave him another gift that would thrust him into this promotion and prosperity that was coming. So he interprets the dreams. The baker gets set free. Cut bear, not so much. Charged guilty, lost his head. Not good. 
But Baker gets free. And Baker, two years later, says, comes up to Pharaoh, and Pharaoh says, hey, I've had like two really disturbing dreams. Does anyone know a dream interpreter? And the baker says, you know what? I met this Hebrew guy in the pit. That guy can interpret your dream. I mean, it was probably not very fun for Joseph to have to wait two years to be called out of that pit. And I imagine, we don't see this in the text, maybe I'm projecting my own personal struggles on Joseph, but when, when it takes that amount of time for that breakthrough to happen, it just that, that enemy comes in and we start to question the goodness of God. God, did your word really say that you work all things together for my good? Are you really a good God? Am I truly your favorite? Are you truly going to prosper me? But something I think kept Joseph's heart saying, what Satan meant for evil, God's going to turn for good. What Satan meant for evil, God's going to turn for good. What Satan meant for evil, God's going to turn for good. And what Satan has meant for evil in your life, beloved, Romans 8, 28 is still true. He will work it together for your good. All things to those who love God and are called according to his purpose. Amen? So Joseph comes out of the pit. Pharaoh shares his troubling dream. Seven skinny, lean, ugly cows eat up. Seven big, fat, juicy cows. Seven scrawny, scorched grains, stalks of wheat eat and devour seven plump, healthy grains of wheat. That is a troubling dream. How many people wake up from a dream and say, wow, I really wish I had a dream interpreter right now because that was weird. But this was not only weird, but this sobered Pharaoh. Something in Pharaoh, I think, knew that a crisis was about to come to his land. And Joseph, God had prepared Joseph for that moment. And he said, Pharaoh, God's given me the interpretation of this dream. Here's what it is. Seven, I've got good news and I've got bad news. Good news is seven years of prosperity. Woohoo! Who loves the, pro- the prosperity prophecies? He says, but then I got bad news. Seven years of like a really serious famine is going to hit the land. It's going to be really difficult. But he didn't stop there. God downloaded wisdom, wisdom, wisdom into Joseph to say, Pharaoh, here's what I think you should do. I think you should take these seven years of prosperity when things are good and set aside a fifth of the produce of the land throughout those seven years. And that when that time comes, God's going to use that store supply that you did and heat and everything's going to be okay. It's going to be hard. We're going to feel it. But God's going to take care of us. Here's how Pharaoh responded to Joseph's response, to, to Joseph's interpretation and wisdom. Genesis 41, verse 38. If we can get that on the screen. Genesis chapter 41, verse 38 says, then Pharaoh said to his servants, can we find a man like this in whom is a, is a divine spirit? Since God has in, so, hold on. Let's go to the next slide. No, 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 sorry. Sorry, I'm using this right here, and my vision just went a little blurry for a moment, but we're back. Yeah. <laughs> Let's go back. Let's start back. 
Verse 38. Sorry, we'll start over. Verse 38. Then Pharaoh said to his servants, Can we find a man like this in whom is a divine spirit? Verse 39. So Pharaoh said to Joseph, Since God has informed you of all of this, there is no one so discerning and wise as you are. You shall be over my house, and according to your command, all people shall do homage. Only in the throne I will be greater than you. Pharaoh said to Joseph, See, I have set you over all the land of Egypt. And then this is really key. Pharaoh took off his signet ring from his hand and put it on Joseph's hand, clothed him in garments of fine linen, and put the gold necklace around his neck. So Joseph's life changes forever in this moment. He began to prosper. You know, when national crisis begins to hit, how many of us know that sometimes our governmental leaders don't really know what to do? You know what they, you know what they need, though? <laughs> they don't need someone who's just going to gripe and complain the whole time to them. They need someone with God's wisdom. And when God puts someone with his wisdom in a place of favor to speak to governmental leaders, God's people prosper and get promoted and blessed. This is a time for the people of God to be seeking God's wisdom. Because you're in a place where maybe the government is wondering what to do, where people in your workplace are wondering what to do, people in your family that don't know the Lord are wondering what to do. They need someone who has sought the Lord and gotten wisdom from heaven. And when you speak wisdom, this can be the very thing that's going to open up those lost family members to receive the Lord. This can be the kind of wisdom that gets you promoted in the marketplace. This can be the kind of wisdom that gets people promoted in the government. You know, through this change, this recent change right now, I'm, I'm in school full-time, and schools have had to completely shut down. They've had to move to 100% online. And so if you're a teacher and or a student, you've had to learn online school real quick, right? We've had to learn how to use Zoom. We've had to learn what happens if someone, you know, doesn't work properly. How do we do this? And I tell you, I work at a, or I, I attend at a university where we got a lot of folks that do not, have never liked this online system whatsoever. And so they've resisted it for years and years, and now they're suddenly in a situation where they've got to have online class, or they don't have a class. They don't have a school. Um, and so I start, I'm paying attention to this, and I'm like, okay, Lord, this is, something's going on right here. I need to start learning how to run Zoom meetings. I need to start learning how these online platforms from our university work, because I've got to do that as part of my program anyway. And so even with, even when it comes to Encounter Jesus School, we've been thinking about online, online, and now the time has been ripe, but the Lord has said, it's time to learn this right now. It's time to start learning this skill. So I'm doing this research for it and learning how to teach a class online, learning how to make people still feel personally connected with you online. And, you know, I'm just like, God, this is going to take some time. And I would really like some to get paid for learning how to do these kinds of things. Well, one Friday, I'm getting, I'm in the midst of finals, which I finished. 
A week and a half ago, praise God. <laughs> it's a Friday afternoon, and I see an email from one, of my, uh, from one of my program directors saying, hey, there's a professor who desperately needs a teaching assistant for an online class he's doing this summer. We'll pay you $1,800. You can just help him kick it off. And then, I mean, seriously, like two hours a week throughout the summer. And so I'm like, yeah, but we need to know fast. <laughs> we need to know fast. So I jump on it. I say, yes, I'll do it. I'm on the phone with that guy within two hours. I've got $1,800 in my pocket for this summer. <laughs> God prospered me. And I tell you, this, this professor, he's amazing, but he's like, I have never done an online class. I don't know. I have no clue what I'm doing. And so I'm like, well, I know a little bit more than you do, but I learn really fast. And so I'm just like, I am learning how to do this. Um, and so I just, I move on it. And it didn't even, it was things I was already doing, but now I get paid to do it. Isn't that amazing? God can prosper you right now if you will listen to what God is, is saying, what, how to navigate through this storm. It could be a source of provision, a source of promotion, a source of prosperity for you. So let's break down a little bit more of what Joseph had to do. We're familiar with the story, but here's, here's what God did. So God gave him a gift, a spiritual gift, a prophetic gift to interpret dreams. And God gave him a download of wisdom, of practical wisdom on what to do in the midst of a crisis. See, Joseph could have taken that opportunity to say, yeah, it's going to be really bad and, you know, I'm sure the, the, the media is going to report about it every single day, and they're just going to spread all this fear, and it's just going to be horrible. And, man, I really don't like all these decisions that the higher-ups are making. I mean, he could have done that. But instead, he used the wisdom from the Lord to say, to speak to worldly leaders and on what to do in that situation. And I tell you, the, the worldly governments, the worldly rulers will be able to recognize when God's wisdom has spoken. We've got to seek God's wisdom. But here's something else that Joseph had to do. He had to keep his eyes open for these opportunities. You know, Joseph was in a, a prison for years, for two years, two solid years, and, 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 even, and even longer than that. But, um, but he sees the baker and the cupbearer, and they have a dream, and Joseph sees an opportunity, and he seizes it immediately. And even though that didn't, it took another two years for that one action, that one dream interpretation moment to bear fruit in his life. When that two years came up, he saw another opportunity. And you know what he did? He seized it immediately. He didn't stay here and say, God, why is this hard? Why is this difficult? Why am I in prison? Why don't you love me? Why aren't you favoring me? He had to get out of his navel, believe in the goodness of God, believe in the favor of God, and see an opportunity, and then seize it immediately. See, sometimes Christians, one of two things happens, or both, and, and we miss these opportunities as we're stuck here. Why did this happen? This really hurts. God, what are you going to do? What am I going to do? What's my family going to do? And I mean, that's real. 
stuff hits me, I get frustrated, I get stressed, and I'm just like, God, what's going on here? But there's got to come a moment where God's people get from here to here. There has to be, or you're going to be stuck there for the rest of your life. And not only do you got to look up, but it's got to be an attentiveness to the Holy Spirit. It's got to be when you're just walking and you just happen to your email dings and you're like, hey, I've got an $1,800 job for you this summer. And you jump on it. You seize it. You take it. Because the second thing we do is we see it and we're like, ah, God, should I do it? It's like, no, this is what you've been praying for. It's an opportunity you've been praying for. And God just put it in front of you. Will you take it? Church, will you take the opportunities that God's put in front of you? I don't I feel like we need to do some jumping jacks or something, folks. Am I just like hitting home with people or are we like, what's going on here? I'm giving you keys in God's word to prosper. I want to talk to you from my heart for a little bit. We've been through a shaking. There's more to come. There's more to come. I believe that those of us sitting in this room will witness more shaking in this nation and in this earth. And it's time to say, God, how do we navigate this? I need your wisdom. I want to seize these opportunities. I want to say that you're good. It's just that, we, that last song we ended on, you are good, you are good, you are good. God, you are good. I'm going to believe that I will see the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. I'm going to get out of here and say, God, you're good. I don't know what to do, but I'm going to seek your wisdom. I'm going to open my eyes, and I'm going to say, Holy Spirit, help me identify these opportunities, and I'm going to take them, okay? This isn't just things landing in your mailbox, folks. That happens too. In fact, this past week, my wife found a $100 bill folded up very small and neatly in her purse. And I was just like, she texted me at work. She's like, we just got $100. I'm like, really? Like, that's like we don't just carry $100 bills around, you know? So like this is, and, and you know, some of us, we're, we're afraid to leave our, our, our bags and purses because people will take our money. Well, apparently God put money, you know, when she left her purse sitting for a little bit. We don't know who did it. God just totally sovereignly blessed us. But, you know, there was a $100 blessing because that we were unexpected that just fell in our lap, but there was an $1,800 blessing that I had to seize. I had to do something about it. We've got to do something, friends. We've got to do something to reap the harvest that we're sowing into. Amen? <sighs> Storms and shaking are often God's way of promoting his people. He's refining character. He's causing us to get on our knees and seek wisdom. And he's preparing us to reign with him. Joseph went from slavery to reigning in one day. We just listened to this testimony from Shondell and Joel. Two years, they talked about, two years. Sounds familiar. Joseph, two years of waiting for provision. And God opens up a job not only for him, but for her. Their income increases significantly, and their lives totally change in one day. They stayed. They said, I'm going to keep sowing. I'm going to keep believing God's good. And when an opportunity comes, 
I'm going to seize it. I'm going to take it. Can we do that, church? God's wisdom causes us to prosper. Give us wisdom, Lord. Something else that Joseph had to do both times he was promoted, that I think this is a word of the Lord for the body of Christ right now. Are you listening? Learn new skills. Learn new skills. When Joseph got promoted to ruling Potiphar's house, he'd never done that before. Never had he done that in his life. He was the 11th of 12 brothers, and he was thrown into a pit by these guys. So Joseph had an opportunity. The favor of the Lord was upon him, and Potiphar recognized it, but he says, I like you. I'm putting you in charge. And I mean, Joseph had to learn real quick how to rule someone's household. And then he sent into prison a second time. And he gets put in charge over the prison. (laughs) And so a skill that he learned in the past became useful to him right there, even in the midst of the pit. But he had to learn a new skill when he came up, he came out, he interpreted Pharaoh's dream, and he gets put in charge of the entire nation of Egypt. Never run a nation before. Pharaoh gives him his signet ring and says, your voice is my voice. He had to learn some new skills real quick. These, on, these schools, these professors have had to learn online real quick. Matthew had to learn online real quick to take hold of this blessing. You've got to learn some new skills, people. I, I, I beg you right now to be asking God, what, Lord, what are some skills I can be developing right now that are going to cause me to prosper now and prosper in the future? Okay? You may learn an online platform. You may learn a new, um, a, a new computer language. <laughs> you may learn a, a new, uh, you may start having, you may have these creative skills and you start putting them to use or income. You know, a number of years ago, I was helping, uh, um, I was, uh, um, I had, back up. Y'all, can y'all just pray for me for a moment? Yeah, just stretch out your hand. We're almost done. But I just need some grace, grace over me right now. Lord, put grace on my lips right now. Put grace on my mind. Put grace on our hearts as we hear the word of the Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. All right. I feel better. So I was in a place where I needed some more income. This is years ago, like 2014. And I'm helping one of my roommates tutoring him for, uh, for uh, uh, GED tests. And I, had, I, had, I, I did some tutoring back in the day in high school just for fun. I was the, I was the guy people were like, hey, I need help with my homework. But, <laughs> and <laughs> sometimes like, hey, I need you to do my homework for me. Like, not going to do that. You got to do that. Um, but, um, but I never made money. And so, but then years later, I'm helping my roommate. And I'm like, you know, I'm pretty good at this. I bet I could make money doing this. So you know what I did? I started calling tutoring companies. And it took some time to start getting some students, but then I did. I got these students, and I just put, they're like, what subjects can you teach? And I just put, like, everything. It was like, I mean, I hadn't been in school for, like, almost seven years. So I was just like, I just put every. I was like, I'm smart. I can figure this out. And so my first student was a Highland Park student 
that needed uh, chemistry to. <laughs> so I'm like 27. I had not been in chemistry since 10th grade. And he's in a pre-AP chemistry course. And I'm just, then she's like, we, he needs you every single day of the week, like Monday through Friday. She's like, can you do it? And I'm just like, yes, I can. And I, I get off the phone and I'm like, I've got to learn chemistry like in a week. I've got to help this kid. So I start, my sister has her chemistry books from college. I'm like, look, I'm like downloading apps on my, on my, on my phone. I'm like, I've totally got to relearn chemistry right now. And so within that week, I'm like, I'm doing as much review as possible. I go into that meeting. I mean, he lives in Highland Park, beautiful, huge home. You know, I'm just walking. I like, thank God I wore a suit and tie. I was like, man. I like the Lord told me, you know, the Lord tells you how to dress sometimes when you go in the meetings to get favor and promotion. Don't come looking all like you just woke up on Saturday morning. OK, seriously, um, dress nice. I come in, I sit down. He says, hi, my name's Jack. My name's Matthew. First question out of his mouth is what's an orbital? And I have no clue. I have no idea whatsoever what an orbital is. And so I have him open his chemistry book, and I'm a fast reader. So I start reading what an orbital is, and I figure it out fast enough to say, oh, look, let's read it right here together. And we start reading, and he figures out what an orbital is. <laughs> I tell you, I am serious. I'm right next to him, and I am praying in tongues under my breath. This is like, this is a Muslim family. So I was just like, Lord, I, I don't know if he knows what this is, but I'm praying in tongues as quietly as possible and trying to figure out what an orbital is. I actually have forgotten, but I did learn enough um, to make him get it. He got A's on every single test as I started tutoring him. And so... I had to learn new skills. And you know what? God started to prosper more. I started to get another chemistry student and another chemistry student and another chemistry student. And this time, so all the time that I was spending trying to help this one student, began it, it tripled because of those skills that I was developing. People, we've got to learn some new skills, and we've got to learn them quick. And we just got to say, God, help me, Lord. Okay? Seriously, I'm being so serious right now. Learn new skills. So, I want to um, get our next video ready. You heard Shondell and Joel already. We got one, a second video, because that, that first video, they talked about how they survived through a storm. And in this second one, they have another testimony about how God has caused them to prosper because of COVID. Okay, so some of us have felt this shaking, and we're praying healing and restoration, but if we'll seek God's wisdom, he can turn this into an opportunity for promotion and prosperity. So let's turn our eyes to the screen and listen how the Lord did this for Shondell and Joel.
feel into other people. Um, through during Vivian's year in Missouri, um, learned the industry, really dived into my new job, and then the coronavirus came on the scene, and um, I started really asking the Lord like how I needed to strategize um, and prepare my workforce for the pandemic that came. And um, at first, it wasn't really welcomed. <laughs> Everyone was thought I was crazy. But um, I just really took the time to create a plan and put a plan in place. And um, my boss literally told me, if this happens and we have to work from home, our company is going to close. Like, we can't do our job from home. Um, but he did take some time with me to kind of create a plan, a crisis plan. And um, I've been able to help navigate the storm and get everyone in the place where we can work from home and have all of our
Give the Lord a hand for that testimony. That's awesome. I was with Shondell and Joel this past Friday. They did a virtual graduation. The guy has his degree. This is a real deal. Friends, God can not only cause you to survive during a storm, he can prosper you as a direct result of it. Okay, let's stand. We can get some music playing right now. There's a few things that I want to close us with. We can prosper through wisdom, but how do we get it? Just a few quick keys as we're reviewing what we did, what we already talked about. First, we fear the Lord. What does it mean to fear the Lord? That means I'm going to love what God loves. I'm going to hate what God hates. I'm going to do things God's way, not my way. That's what it means to fear the Lord. The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Proverbs 2 says we've got to seek it like gold and silver. So right now, we may be looking for money, but all that energy that you're looking, that you're using on trying to get money, direct it on getting wisdom. God, how can I get wisdom to prosper me? Seek it in the Word of God. There's a whole book of Proverbs about wisdom. And it tells you how to run your life, how to handle relationships how to handle your money, what to do in conflict. I mean, open up Proverbs and just start to seek wisdom like silver and gold. Listen to the words of Jesus. Jesus said, one who is greater than Solomon is here, and even greater wisdom has come through the words of Jesus Christ. Spend time at his feet. Listen to his word. You know what I do to get wisdom? I put on some worship like we've got right now. I say, Lord, You are the fountain of wisdom. Give me wisdom. Because you know who the spirit of wisdom is. He lives on the inside of you. And if you will spend that time, if you'll focus your attention to him, that well of wisdom can spring up. And we listen to the Holy Spirit. We get divine strategies. We pray in the spirit until the revelation comes and we know how to move. But when we get that strategy, church, we've got to move on it. We've got to move on it. We've got to move on it. And just to close and remind us, things that we've got to stop doing. We've got to stop moping, self-pity, and allowing that voice that questions the goodness of God. We've got to stop listening to that voice. We've got to say, God, you're good. You're good. I don't know what to do right now, but you are the God who gives wisdom. I'm asking you for wisdom. Give me wisdom, Lord. Let's pray. Lord, I thank you for each person in here. I thank you, God, that we are your sons and daughters. And that, Lord, that you have called us to prosper, to rule and reign with you. 
And God, I ask for strength for those that have felt the pain of this recent storm. That, Lord, you would comfort, that you would strengthen them. That, God, that you would encourage their spirit right now. I speak to the feeble knees, and I say be strengthened right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to those weary hands. I say strength come upon you right now in the name of Jesus. I speak to weary hearts. I say be strengthened with God's power and God's might right now in Jesus' name. We thank you, Lord, that we are your sons and daughters right now, that we are not victims of the storm, that, Lord, that you have wisdom on how to sustain us and prosper us during this season. And, Lord, you are preparing your people to prosper through this storm and whatever shakings that may come in the future. God, we ask for your wisdom. If you need wisdom today from God, lift up your hands and say, God, give me wisdom today. God, give me wisdom. It says in Proverbs, cry aloud for understanding. Church, cry aloud right now. God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom. God, give me wisdom and understanding. Do you want it, church? Cry aloud for it, and God will pour it into your heart. God, give us wisdom today, we pray. In Jesus' name, amen. One more thing. For those that have been stuck in that place, that have been, been saying, yes, my head has been here. I've been in pain. I've been questioning God's goodness. I've been wondering what to do, but I'm ready to lift up my head and get out of it today. If you are ready to do that today, I want you to raise your hand. Okay. Okay. Awesome. Keep your hands up because I want you to surrender. This is an act of surrender to the Lord. I want you to pray this after me today. Father in heaven, I come to you in Jesus' name, and I confess that you are good. You are good. You are good. And you work all things together for my good because I love you and I am called according to your purpose. God, I lift up my eyes to the hills today. You are where my help comes from. And God, I ask you for wisdom today. I break agreement with the victim mindset. I say I am not a victim and a slave to my circumstances. But I am a son or I am a daughter. I am favored by the living God. And I ask you for wisdom today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Well, God bless you, everybody. If you need prayer, come on forward. You want agreement for something. But I just tell you, friends, you are God's beloved. You are God's favored. Let's seek him for wisdom and learn how to prosper according to his word. Amen. Amen.